Act Two of As You Like It by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One The Forest of Arden. Enter Duke Senior, Amiens, and other lords, in the dress of foresters. Now, my co-mates and brothers in exile hath not old custom made this life more sweet than that of painted pomp are not these woods more free from peril than the envious court here feel we not the penalty of adam the seasons difference as the icy fang and churlish chiding of the winter's wind which when it bites and blows upon my body even till i shrink with cold i smile and say this is no flattery these are counsellors that feelingly persuade me what i am sweet are the uses of adversity which like the toad ugly and venomous wears yet a precious jewel in his head and this our life exempt from public haunt finds tongues in trees books in the running brooks sermons in stones and good in everything I would not change it. Happy is your grace that can translate the stubbornness of fortune into so quiet and so sweet a style. Come, shall we go and kill us venison? And yet it irks me, the poor dappled fools, being native burghers of this desert city, should in their own confines, with forked heads, have their round haunches gored indeed my lord the melancholy jacques grieves at that and in that kind swears you do more usurp than doth your brother that hath banished you to-day my lord of amiens and myself did steal behind him as he lay along under an oak whose antique root peeps out upon the brook that brawls along this wood to the which place a poor sequestered stag that from the hunter's aim had taken a herd did come to languish and indeed my lord the wretched animal heaved forth such groans that their discharge did stretch his leathern coat almost to bursting and the big round tears coursed one another down his innocent nose in piteous chase and thus the hairy fool much marked of the melancholy jacques stood on the extremest verge of the swift brook augmenting it with tears but what says jakes did he not moralize this spectacle oh yes into a thousand similes first for his weeping into the needless stream poor dear quoth he thou makest a testament as worldlings do giving thy sum of more to that which had too much then being there alone left and abandoned of his velvet friends ah tis right quoth he thus misery doth part the flocks of company anon a careless herd full of the pasture jumps along by him and never stays to greet him ay quoth jacques sweep on you fat and greasy citizens tis just a fashion wherefore do you look upon that poor and broken bankrupt there 
thus most invectively he pierces through the body of the country city court yea and of this our life swearing that we are mere usurpers tyrants and what's worth to fright the animals and to kill them up in their assigned and native dwelling-place and did you leave him in this contemplation we did my lord weeping and commenting upon the sobbing deer show me the place i love to cope him in these sullen fits for then he's full of matter i'll bring you to him straight exeunt scene two a room in the palace enter duke frederick lords and attendants can it be possible that no man saw them it cannot be some villains of my court are of consent and sufferance in this i cannot hear of any that did see her the ladies her attendants of her chamber saw her a bed and in the morning early they found the bed untreasured of their mistress my lord the roinish clown at whom so oft your grace was wont to laugh is also missing hesperia the prince's gentlewoman confesses that she secretly o'erheard your daughter and her cousin much commend the parts and graces of the wrestler that did but lately foil the sinewy charles and she believes wherever they are gone that youth is surely in their company send to his brother fetch that gallant hither if he be absent bring his brother to me i'll make him find him do this suddenly and let not search an inquisition quail to bring again these foolish runaways exeunt scene three before oliver's house enter orlando and adam meeting who's there what my young master oh my gentle master oh my sweet master oh you memory of old sir roland why what make you here why are you so virtuous why do people love you and wherefore are you gentle strong and valiant why would you be so fond to overcome the bonny prizer of the humorous duke your praise is come too swiftly home before you know you not master to some kind of men their graces serve them but as enemies no more do yours your virtues gentle master are sanctified and holy traitors to you oh what a world is this when what is comely envenoms him that bears it why what's the matter oh unhappy youth come not within these doors within this roof the enemy of all your graces lives your brother no no brother yet the son yet not the son i will not call him son of him i was about to call his father hath heard your praises and this night he means to burn the lodging where you used to lie and you within it if he fail of that he will have other means to cut you off i overheard him and his practices this is no place this house is but a butchery abhor it fear it do not enter it why whither adam wouldst thou have me go no matter whither so you come not here what wouldst thou have me go and beg my food 
or with a base and boisterous sword enforce a thievish living on the common road this i must do or know not what to do yet this i will not do do how i can i rather will subject me to the malice of a diverted blood and bloody brother but do not so i have five hundred crowns the thrifty hire i saved under your father which i did store to be my foster-nurse when service should in my old limbs lie lame and unregarded age in corners thrown take that and he that doth the ravens feed yea providently caters for the sparrow be comfort to my age here is the gold all this i give you let me be your servant though i look old yet i am strong and lusty for in my youth i never did apply hot and rebellious liquors in my blood nor did not with unbashful forehead woo the means of weakness and debility therefore my age is as a lusty winter frosty but kindly let me go with you i'll do the service of a younger man in all your business and necessities oh good old man how well in thee appears the constant service of the antique world when service sweat for duty not for meat thou art not with the fashion of these times where none will sweat but for promotion and having that do choke their service up even with the having it is not so with thee but poor old man thou prunest a rotten tree that cannot so much as a blossom yield in lieu of all thy pains and husbandry but come thy ways we'll go along together and ere we have thy youthful wages spent we'll light upon some set of low content master go on and i will follow thee to the last gasp with truth and loyalty from seventeen years till now almost fourscore here lived i but now live here no more at seventeen years many their fortune seek but at fourscore it is too late a week yet fortune cannot recompense me better than to die well and not my master's debtor exeunt scene four the forest of arden enter rosalind in boy's clothes celia dressed like a shepherdess and touchstone oh jupiter how weary are my spirits i care not for my spirits if my legs were not weary i could find in my heart to disgrace my man's apparel and to cry like a woman but i must comfort the weaker vessel as doublet and hose ought to show itself courageous to petticoat therefore courage good aliena i pray you bear with me i can go no further for my part i had rather bear with you than bear you yet i should bear no cross if i did bear you for i think you have no money in your purse well this is the forest of arden ay now am i in arden the more fool i when i was at home i was in a better place but travellers must be content ay be so good touchstone look you who comes here a young man and an old in solemn talk enter corin and silvius that is the way to make her scorn you still oh corin 
that thou knewest how I do love her. I partly guess, for I have loved ere now. No, Corin, being old thou canst not guess, though in thy youth thou wast as true a lover as ever sighed upon a midnight pillow. But if thy love were ever like to mine, as sure I think did never man love so. How many actions most ridiculous hast thou been drawn to by thy fantasy? Into a thousand that I have forgotten. Oh, thou didst then never love so heartily. If thou rememberest not the slightest folly that ever loved and make thee run into, thou hast not loved. Or if thou hast not sat as I do now, wearing thy hearer in thy mistress' praise, thou hast not loved. Or if thou hast not broke from company abruptly, as my passion now makes me, thou hast not loved. O oh, Phoebe, Phoebe, Phoebe. Exit Silvius. Alas, poor shepherd, searching of thy wound, I have by hard adventure found mine own. And I mine. I remember when I was in love, I broke my sword upon a stone and beat him. Take that for coming a knight to Jane's smile. And I remember the kissing of her backlet and the cow's dugs that her pretty chapped hands had milked. And I remember the wooing of a peace god instead of her, from whom I took two cods and giving her them again, said with weeping tears, Wear these for my sake. We that are true lovers run into strange capers. But as all is mortal in nature, so is all nature, in love, mortal, in folly. Thou speakst wiser than thou art ware of. Nay, I shall ne'er be ware of mine own wit till I break my shins against it. Jove, Jove, this shepherd's passion is much upon my fashion. And mine, but it grows something stale with me. I pray you, one of you question yon man, if he for gold will give us any food. I faint almost to death. Holler, you clown! Peace, fool, he's not thy kinsman. Who calls? You're better, sir else are they very wretched peace i say good even to you friend and to you gentle sir and to you all i prithee shepherd if that love or gold can in this desert place buy entertainment bring us where we may rest ourselves and feed here's a young maid with travel much oppressed and faints for succour fair sir i pity her and wish for her sake more than for mine own my fortunes were more able to relieve her but i am shepherd to another man and do not share the fleeces that i graze my master is of churlish disposition and little recks to find the way to heaven by doing deeds of hospitality besides his coat his flocks and bounds of feed are now on sale and at our sheepcote now by reason of his absence there is nothing that you will feed on but what is come see and in my voice most welcome shall you be 
what is he that shall buy his flock and pasture that young swain that you saw here but ere while that little cares for buying anything i pray thee if it stand with honesty buy thou the cottage pasture and the flock and thou shalt have to pay for it of us and we will mend thy wages i like this place and willingly could waste my time in it assuredly the thing is to be sold go with me if you like upon report the soil the profit and this kind of life i will your very faithful feeder be and buy it with your gold right suddenly exeunt scene five another part of the forest enter amiens jaques and others under the greenwood tree who loves to lie with me and turn his merry note unto the sweet bird's throat come hither come hither come hither here shall he see no enemy but winter and rough weather more more i prithee more it will make you melancholy monsieur jacques i thank it more i prithee more i can suck melancholy out of a song as a weasel sucks eggs more i prithee more my voice is ragged i know i cannot please you i do not desire you to please me i do desire you to sing come more another stanza call you them stanzas what you will monsieur jacques nay i care not for their names they owe me nothing will you sing more at your request than to please myself well then if ever i thank any man i'll thank you but that they call compliment is like the encounter of two dog-apes and when a man thanks me heartily methinks have given him a penny and he renders me the beggarly thanks come sing and you that will not hold your tongues well i'll end the song sirs cover the while the duke will drink under this tree he hath been all this day to look you and i have been all this day to avoid him he is too disputable for my company i think of as many matters as he but i give heaven thanks and make no boast of them come warble come who doth ambition shun and loves to live in the sun seeking the food he eats and pleased with what he gets come hither come hither come hither here shall he see no enemy but winter and rough weather i'll give you a verse to this note that i made yesterday in despite of my invention and i'll sing it thus it goes if it do come to pass that any man turn ass leaving his wealth and ease a stubborn will to please duc dame duc dame duc dame here shall he see gross fools as he and if he will come to me 
what's that duc dame tis a greek invocation to call fools into a circle i'll go sleep if i can if i cannot i'll rail against all the first-born of egypt and i'll go seek the duke his banquet is prepared exeunt severally scene six another part of the forest enter orlando and adam dear master i can go no further oh i die for food here lie i down and measure out my grave farewell kind master why how now adam no greater heart in thee live a little comfort a little cheer thyself a little if this uncouth forest yield anything savage i will either be food for it or bring it food for thee thy conceit is nearer death than thy powers for my sake be comfortable hold death awhile at the arm's end i will here be with thee presently and if i bring thee not something to eat i'll give thee leave to die but if thou diest before i come thou art a mocker of my labour well said thou lookst cheerly and i'll be with thee quickly yet thou liest in the bleak air come i will bear thee to some shelter and thou shalt not die for lack of a dinner if there live anything in this desert cheerily good adam exeunt scene seven another part of the forest a table set enter duke senior amiens and others i think he be transformed into a beast for i can nowhere find him like a man my lord he is but even now gone hence here was he merry hearing of a song if he compact of jars grow musical we shall have shortly discord in the spheres go seek him tell him i would speak with him he says my labour by his own approach enter jaques why how now monsieur what a life is this that your poor friends must woo your company what you look merrily a fool a fool i met a fool in the forest a motley fool a miserable world as i do live by food i met a fool who laid him down and basked him in the sun and railed on lady fortune in good terms in good set terms and yet a motley fool good morrow fool quoth i no sir quoth he call me not fool till heaven hath sent me fortune and then he drew a dial from his polk and looking on it with lack-lustre eye says very wisely it is ten o'clock thus we may see quoth he how the world wags tis but an hour ago since it was nine and after one hour more twill be eleven and so from hour to hour we ripe and ripe and then from hour to hour we rot and rot and thereby hangs a tale when i did hear the motley fool thus moral on the time 
my lungs began to crow like chanticleer that fools should be so deep contemplative and i did laugh sans intermission an hour by his dial o noble fool a worthy fool motley's the only wear what fool is this o worthy fool one that had been a courtier and says if ladies be but young and fair they have the gift to know it and in his brain which is as dry as the remainder biscuit after a voyage he hath strange places crammed with observation the which he vents in mangled forms oh that i were a fool i am ambitious for a motley coat thou shalt have one it is my only suit provided that you weed your better judgments of all opinion that grows rank in them that i am wise i must have liberty withal as large a charter as the wind to blow on whom i please for so fools have and they that are most gallid with my folly they most must laugh and why sir must they so the why is plain as way to parish church he that a fool doth very wisely hit doth very foolishly although he smart not to seem senseless of the bob if not the wise man's folly is anatomized even by the squandering glances of the fool invest me in my motley give me leave to speak my mind and i will through and through cleanse the foul body of the infected world if they will patiently receive my medicine fie on thee i can tell what thou wouldst do what for a counter would i do but good most mischievous foul sin in chiding sin for thou thyself hast been a libertine as sensual as the brutish thing itself and all the embossed sores and headed evils that thou with license of free foot hast caught wouldst thou disgorge into the general world why who cries out on pride that can therein tax any private party doth it not flow as hugely as the sea till that the weary very means do ebb what woman in the city do i name when that i say the city woman bears the cost of princes on unworthy shoulders who can come in and say that i mean her when such a one as she such is her neighbour or what is he of basest function that says his bravery is not on my cost thinking that i mean him but therein suits his folly to the metal of my speech there then how then what then let me see wherein my tongue hath wronged him if it do him right then he hath wronged himself if he be free why then my taxing like a wild goose flies unclaimed of any man but who comes here enter orlando with his sword drawn forbear and eat no more 
why i have eaten none yet nor shalt not till necessity be served of what kind should this cock come of art thou thus boldened man by thy distress or else a rude despiser of good manners that in civility thou seemst so empty you touched my vein at first the thorny point of bare distress hath ta'en from me the show of smooth civility yet am i inland bred and know some nurture but forbear i say he dies that touches any of this fruit till i and my affairs are answered and you will not be answered with reason i must die what would you have your gentleness shall force more than your force moves us to gentleness i almost die for food and let me have it sit down and feed and welcome to our table speak you so gently pardon me i pray you i thought that all things had been savage here and therefore put i on the countenance of stern commandment but whatever you are that in this desert inaccessible under the shade of melancholy boughs lose and neglect the creeping hours of time if ever you have looked on better days if ever been where bells have knelled to church if ever sat at any good man's feast if ever from your eyelids wiped a tear and know what tis to pity and be pitied let gentleness my strong enforcement be in the which hope i blush and hide my sword true is it that we have seen better days and have with holy bell been knolled to church and sat at good man's feast and wiped our eyes of drops that sacred pity hath engendered and therefore sit you down in gentleness and take upon command what help we have that to your wanting may be ministered then but forbear your food a little while whilst like a doe i go to find my fawn and give it food there is an old poor man who after me hath many a weary step limped in pure love till he be first sufficed oppressed with two weak evils age and hunger i will not touch a bit go find him out and we will nothing waste till you return i thank ye and be blessed for your good comfort exit thou seest we are not all alone unhappy this wide and universal theatre presents more woeful pageants than the scene wherein we play in all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players they have their exits and their entrances and one man in his time plays many parts his acts being seven ages at first the infant mewling and puking in the nurse's arms then the whining schoolboy with his satchel and shining morning face creeping like snail unwillingly to school and then the lover sighing like furnace with a woeful ballad made to his mistress eyebrow then a soldier full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard jealous in honour 
sudden and quick in quarrel seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth and then the justice in fair round belly with good capon lined with eyes severe and beard of formal cut full of wise saws and modern instances and so he plays his part the sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon with spectacles on nose and poach on side his youthful hose well saved a world too wide for his shrunk shank and his big manly voice turning again towards childish treble pipes and whistles in his sound last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness and mere oblivion sans teeth sans eyes sans taste sans everything re-enter orlando with adam welcome set down your venerable burden and let him feed i thank you most for him so had you need i scarce can speak to thank you for myself welcome fall to i will not trouble you as yet to question you about your fortunes give us some music and good cousin sing amiens sings blow blow thou winter wind thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude thy tooth is not so keen because thou art not seen although thy breath be rude heigh-ho sing heigh-ho unto the green holly most friendship is feigning most loving mere folly then heigh-ho the holly this life is most jolly freeze freeze thou bitter sky that dost not bite so nigh as benefits forgot though thou the waters warp thy sting is not so sharp as friend remembered not heigh-ho sing heigh-ho unto the green holly most friendship is feigning most loving mere folly then heigh-ho the holly this life is most jolly if that you were the good sir roland's son as you have whispered faithfully you were and as mine eye doth his effigies witness most truly limbed and living in your face be truly welcome hither i am the duke that loved your father the residue of your fortune go to my cave and tell me good old man thou art right welcome as thy master is support him by the arm give me your hand and let me all your fortunes understand exeunt end of act two